let's start again. Ah, hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Infertile Diagnosis Podcast. Today, we have another episode of our fertility talk show, the Fertility Re- Reconnect. No, that's my course, sorry, the Fertility Connection. Today, we are going to be talking about infertility rage. So this is, I mean, if you go through infertility, you have experienced this at least once, if not multiple times during your journey. Today we have on Adrian. Hi, I'm Adrian Wee. I'm the creator of the Practically Fertile Methodology and the host of the Practically Fertile Podcast. I help women get pregnant using Chinese medicine. Hi, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Sarah. Hey, I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. And using the tools of functional lab testing, we help couples get pregnant naturally. And thanks for coming back. And Devin. I am Devin Baeza, the fertility finance coach, and I help women make, save, and manifest money for treatments. So if you haven't watched us over on YouTube, you have to, because Devin has this best like finger thing when she says manifest, it's like glitter. <laughs> it's like my, it's jazz hands. <laughs> I want you to feel the woo-woo coming at you. Right. Woo-woo with her, her, her accountant background. <laughs> it, it's a weird combo. I'm not going to lie. The finance degree mixed with all of the woo-woo life coaching. It's a strange, it's a strange combination. <laughs> but effective so that's all that matters (laughs) right I think everyone needs to get a little woo-woo in their life I think it um yeah it just makes life a little bit more interesting um so today you guys guys know that I was a chemical engineering major right in college I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) well look at you smarty pants all these left brain people holy cow uh, I'm not going to join that crew. I'm definitely a right one. I can't. <laughs> I can't I even a, spell I, I to save my life. I got social sciences. <laughs> <laughs> I did early education. I have a degree in early education, so I know how to p- finger paint really well. <laughs> um, today, we are going to be talking about infertility rage. So this is, I mean, if you go through infertility, you have experienced this at least once, if not multiple times during your journey. And I feel like sometimes it comes when you least expect it. So, you know, that could be like anything triggers you, right? Like an email from a friend or, you know, even just the pregnant woman walking by you, you just get these triggers of rage that is just like pure anger. So if we just wanted to kind of talk about it today, share our experiences and maybe give you like a little help to deal with this infertility rage when it comes on. So who would like to jump in first? Oh, I, I have. Go so ahead, jump in. <laughs> Me and Sarah are going to compete for the most rage. (laughs) I I can tell it's going to be a problem already. I'll be like, first of all, let me tell you about my husband. (laughs) These things are still fresh in my mind. Like it really, it really is uh, a phenomenon. And I think that you are so stressed out at your max capacity when you get into infertility especially when you start throwing in the hormonal changes 
it, it really can surprise you. Like you can turn into somebody that you are unfamiliar with and you get enraged about things that did not bother you before. I remember a moment, um, arguing with my husband about when to go grocery shopping. And I said, and let's go at halftime because it was like some super big game or he wanted to go at halftime so he could watch football. And I was like, everyone's going to be at the store getting supplies for their football game. Whatever the disagreement was, I had to go in the bathroom, lock myself in there and take a deep breath because I was having visions of punching him in the throat. I could not, like, I was worried I could not physically control myself that I was going to punch my husband in the throat over what time to go grocery shopping. <laughs> Were you doing treatment at this time? Yeah. And I, so what else I learned along the way was that different hormones affect me differently. So like on estrogen, I am a 50% nicer person. Like when I went on birth control, my husband was like, can you just stay on this? Because you're really nice to me. And then when I was off, and I think probably testosterone uh, dominant, I, I mean, I wanted to punch him in the throat a lot. I, I wanted to murder him over a hot dog one time. Like, <laughs> these are very real situations in my life. Like, rage was very, very real. Yeah, that, that was, for, I, I was not the person that was crying in the corner. I wanted to, like, beat the shit out of the corner. Like, I just was, like, yeah. So, and that's kind of how I handle, I don't go to crying first. That's just my, my pattern. I go to just freaking infuriation. Um, and and it, it really hit me, actually, during the postpartum period. And I've since heard of postpartum rage. And I, again, I was not crying. I was, like, I remember being on the phone and so this is my daughter was three my son was just born and I was on the phone and they were everyone was yelling I was like what's going on and I wanted to like I envisioned myself I, I visualized myself taking the phone and like whipping it across the neighbor's fence like I was just like so I don't know I was so stressed out and during infertility too like I wasn't crying but I was like tense and pissed I was fucking pissed I'm like why like why did why do I have this diagnosis why do I have to deal with this? Everyone, every, all my girlfriends are getting pregnant. Every one of them. Like, remember when I was like, one of them came in at like, I was going through the, 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 the transfer. My best girlfriend came in and she's like, oh, by the way, I'm eight, eight, eight weeks pregnant. I was just waiting to see if it, it had worked at that point. I remember being like, what the heck? Um, so I wasn't angry at that point, but I was like, just like blindsided. But yeah, for me, there's there definitely the rage thing has, has, been a, now as I've worked on this and I've seen my patterns and I've worked with mindfulness and I've you know learned because a lot of this for me at the base of it is like a severe severe impatience like an insane impatience that I got from I think from my dad because he was always like rushing somewhere I remember like in high school I'd be rushing down the halls I don't know where the hell I was going but I was gonna get there freaking first so like this <laughs> wildness so um so, so for me, sitting in meditation, I'm like, it was the most insane thing. I'm like, how could I ever do it? But it has actually been the best thing I've ever done. So that, that rage thing, uh, yeah, it's, it's real. And, and for me, I think it's impatience underneath it. Yeah. Um, obviously I had a nine year journey. So the most yeah. bitter I was, was at the end of year one, because my two best friends that I lived up um, in Scotland with got pregnant literally two weeks apart from each other. So I, my first year of infertility, I watched them bloom and, um, and it was just like devastating and they were going to have their babies around Christmas. 
And um, I just remember being so jealous and just angry about it, but I couldn't portray that, right? Like they're your best friends and you got to be happy for them. And I'm the biggest thing I did, which was huge for me at the time was ask them like, has someone taken a photo of you two together? And it was like the hardest, like I could, like I could almost cry talking about it now because it's like, I should have been there. I should have been in that photo with them. And um, yeah, they both have that photo still up in their house today. And I'm so glad I did it for them. But um, I went the fuck out of town that Christmas and went snowboarding in Colorado with my husband and got drunk. I mean, literally fucking drunk. We have this picture of my husband bear hugging the dog, like passed out on the couch. And that's how I spent that Christmas because I was so angry and mad and jealous um, that we weren't in that situation. And here they were having their beautiful babies. And um, fast forward, um, I want to say like six years, and um, I've worked on my mental health, I've calmed down, we're now living in Lincoln, and another best friend, we go to visit them, and um, they're one of those couples that met each other, got pregnant three months later, got married, you know, our infertility journey was like twice as long as their like knowing each other journey. And we get there and she was like, I have to tell you this right now. And like, I'm not even in the door. She's like, I'm 11 weeks pregnant. I took the morning after pill. I didn't know I was pregnant. Mm. And like, I was just like, fuck, all right, where's the red wine? And that night, the same, one of the same girls who I was up in Scotland with emailed me to tell me she was pregnant with her third. And I remember like, like I was obviously drunk at that stage when I got the email and just bawling my eyes out in bed but the difference of like my mental health between those two situations um which I think the latter one the one finding out your friend's pregnant after taking the morning after pill (laughs) that's got to be the biggest slap in the face my mental health was so much better that I wasn't actually enraged as much as I was you know the after the first year of watching your friends getting pregnant um the rage was like the, the, it was sadness, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is this ever going to happen for me? It turned into a very different um, emotion. And um, it's really funny, the different stages of rage or emotions you go through. And especially if you have a really long journey and you are able to take control of your mental health through it, it, um, it, it's still a slap in the face, right? Like those, it's still slap in the face, but you're able to like handle those situations a lot more better, right? A little bit more grace. Well, and what you just said is so interesting. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet. So when you feel this rage of other people getting pregnant, which granted there was times that I, I mean, I gave probably a lot of like dirty looks to pregnant ladies at restaurants, (laughs) but the actual rage usually comes when it's somebody, you know, when it's yeah. somebody you're close to. So what you just described about your friend and the morning after pill, I think this is part of the reason that we feel that rage is because when it's somebody else, you can see that they're pregnant, but you don't know much else about it. And you know, you can make up whatever story you want in your head. When it's somebody you know, like for me, it was a roommate in college. God, I hope she never watches this. A roommate in college who, um, you know, drugs, drinking. Uh, she got a DUI. She messaged me about that. She was going to jail, found out she was pregnant. 
by, you know, a sort of a dirtbag boyfriend. And uh, this is in the middle of our fertility journey. And for whatever reason, that pregnancy really got to me because I knew how imperfect she was. And then you can't help but compare your own life. And so I think that there's some sort of, I know I was, ra I was raised Southern Baptist. So there was some sort of idea of like, there's a God in the sky who is just, and he uh, dishes out babies as blessings to people who deserve it. Yeah. And so like the injustice of it, when she didn't want this kid, she was drunk and found out she was pregnant, like while she was drunk and like going to jail. And I was just like, you, you deserve a baby and not me. Me and my husband are like married, responsible, doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, the injustice of it really, really shook me. And when you know the details like that, it can, I feel like it gets to you at a whole different level. Do you think that's like uh, some of the issue though, is that we're taking it that it is like personal towards us, you know, like um, not our fault, but like, yeah, we, we make it about us, if that makes oh. sense. Oh, yeah. You, when it has well, nothing to do with it. us. It has nothing to do with you. No. Everybody else's pregnancies have nothing to do with you. Even like your, your experience from one pregnancy to the next might, you know, be completely different. But that knowing that it, I can't, it was, it didn't matter what I knew logically. I, in my body, I was enraged. I remember going to a Zumba class and I was running into people because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like instead of focusing on the steps, I could, I was so obsessed with how enraged I was that this girl was having a baby and not me. And then she messaged me, of course, why don't you guys have any kids yet? <laughs> it's, um... So that text back was full of like passive aggressive rage, you know, like, well, so far it's been $10,000 and two surgeries and a miscarriage. So hopefully soon and possibly never fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in interesting though, when we see all these other people getting pregnant and, and cause it's like, they're just because they're getting pregnant doesn't mean we can't, like, there's no as you say, the blessings from, the, from God and the baby's given out that she's got hers and I won't get mine. And, mm -hmm. but yeah, like it's, I hear it all the time. Like it's so, so common. And yeah, so for when I was going through it, I just went into this like full like planning mode because I didn't want to like, a, a lot of it is my issues of I haven't wanted to feel anything, right? I'm like, I'm going to plan, I'm going to do, I'm going to like achieve, I'm going to get this shit done. And then meanwhile, if I had have like felt what I was feeling, I probably wouldn't have been so like, stressed and tense and then and that anger and but yeah because crying ooh, that's weakness yeah. you know i don't want to be i'm not a crier meanwhile that's like that's like powerful and like cleansing and you know that's you need to get that shit out um that's still something i'm not it doesn't i don't naturally go to crying that's just not who i am um but i know when i do it helps me it's funny yeah. how we all like go to rage right it's an easy emotion yeah. we feel justified it, it makes us yeah. There must be like some scientific thing of like it gives you endorphins or something because I think it's the most easiest emotion to go to is that pity party, anger, jealousy. It's much harder, like you say, Sarah, to really feel what you're feeling. Like let yourself feel that cry it out and I'm the same way like I had the narrative I'm not a crier, I'm not a crier. You know, emotions are weak and um 
and like it just sucks that we are like that because when we are going through something like infertility it um it doesn't help our situation whatsoever like on a you know a cell level all that infertility rage is fucking your adrenals it's fucking your hormones it's like messing with your gut i'm sure adrian you can tell us a little bit about like chinese medicine of like what you know that's the anger's doing to your chakra (laughs) you know yeah, I think you guys are going to find this really interesting. So there are definitely, you know, emotional and physical causes of rage, according to Chinese medicine, and it has to do with the organ liver. Yes. So liver, but, you know, before you think that you need a liver detox or anything, just, you know, liver in Chinese medicine is what controls emotions. And liver is the organ. So like, you know, Chinese medicine, every organ has a function, a job, and liver's job is to make sure that your energy flows smoothly. So if you think of your energy flow as like, oh, traffic, um, when something gets stuck, you, you get a traffic jam in your body. And that's what the liver does is to make sure that the traffic flows smoothly. But liver is most affected by emotions. So it's important to know that when you get to the rage point, it's been building up. So Mm -hmm. everybody has liver energy blockage or just because we experience daily stress, environmental, life, whatever. But when you get to the rage point, that's when your liver energy is just so stuck that it explodes. And so on an emotional level, um, you know, all the big fat negatives, having to go through dealing with other people's pregnancies, all the disappointments every single month, all the sadness, all the grief, all that is going to contribute to the liver energy blockage. And then you have the physical stuff. When you're going through hormone treatments, um, you know, your liver is working overtime to process through all those drugs that you're taking. So that on another level, contributes to the liver energy blockage. And then um, people, and you know, in Chinese medicine too, is like, you know, we talk a lot about what you were born with, the constitution, you know, your tendencies. And people who are prone to liver cheese stagnation or liver energy blockage, they tend to be type A, perfectionist, you know, all overachievers. So if you are already a perfectionist overachiever type A and already have a certain level of liver cheese stagnation compounded with all these emotional and physical stress that you're going through, your liver is just going to explode at some point and it turns into anger. It comes across as anger, rage, um, so, you know, that's a term that we actually call liver fire. Like your liver is exploding. I'm so glad um, now, I, now I have something to call it. The next, <laughs> the next time I want to yes. bring my husband over a hot dog, I'll be like, listen, my liver is on fire right yes. now. <laughs> so, but totally. I think really- and there are, oh, sorry, oh, you guys could have. Um, and, and there are real consequences to liver cheese stagnation that goes unresolved because liver for fertility controls ovulation. So if there's no energy flow to your ovaries and your uterus, you'll run into problems with egg quality, you'll run into problems with delayed ovulation, 
if you have this liver of fire, this rage, it might even cause early ovulation. So it affects your fertility on many, many, many different levels. That's why mindset is so important and working on mental health because that is the one thing, one of the things that will absolutely help you cope with stress and help soothe the um, energy flow so that it's going to the right places. Right. I think that the other danger is that, so anger is a secondary emotion. It is much more, uh, it's easier for us to feel like Sarah was talking about because we can do something with it, right? Like anger is powerful. Anger, what Monica was saying, has a physical response. It gives us adrenaline. We're pumped. We're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go do something about it. And you feel like you don't feel weak. You don't feel like feeling sad, feeling grief physically, literally makes you feel like shrinking, you know, a fetal position, crying. You are not able to defend yourself from a saber toothed tiger while you're crying in a fetal position on the floor. Like it is not powerful. It is vulnerable. It makes you very uh, open to attack. So I think that at a, like, an evolutionary standpoint, there's a reason that we protect ourselves with anger. But the problem is when we think anger is just anger and the problem is whatever external stimuli made us angry, we never solve anything because that's not what's under it. What's under anger is sadness, frustration, overwhelm, humiliation, these vulnerable emotions that unless you dig below the anger and you deal with what else is really going on, nothing changes in your life, nothing improves. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, really easy to, or good point to point out that you see a lot of people, maybe like yourself, Devin, who just worked on the emotional side and maybe released some of that blockage that Adrian was just talking about. And that was all that you needed to do to reconnect those fertility links. You know, sometimes when we talk about, you know, especially me and Sarah, all these big changes you need to do, some people have to do that. I had to do that. I, I couldn't just deal with my anger and then that was going to be that. You know, some people really have to dig deep and change big things. But for some of us, if you just explore doing those emotional work you know, side of things and um, realize that that all these emotions just aren't emotions. They have a huge impact on, you know, all your organs in your body, your brain, your liver, your, you know, your gut function, your digestion, you know, it's all connected. And we just don't have that knowledge. We're not taught that it, they're, they're one. Everything that we do has an effect on your body. And, it's not, we don't even have to, I don't even feel like you have to get super scientific about it or have like a really deep knowledge about it. You can feel it. Just like you said, when you feel anger, you feel completely different than if you feel joy or if you feel sadness there, your body reacts to it in a physical way. It's just not thoughts, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it is kind of being able to, well, instead of reacting to respond, which that can be difficult, right? If, if you are triggered, you're freaking triggered and you're like, you're gone. You see that, that post that someone, I know when Beyonce announced that she was pregnant like the first time and people and the, the Instagram lost their shit. Maybe she's pregnant. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Like they were, everyone was so angry about it. And the, and the fertility community, not everyone, but like a, 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 a lot of people were quite angry about it. Cause it's that, that, that was that pie again. Well, if she's got it. 
what about me? Like, why is it not working for me? And so those, those triggers and then like we do a mindfulness course and it's kind of like, you don't, you don't know the struggle that Beyonce had. I don't know if she, I think she had to have treatments. We don't know what's, you know, going on in other people's lives. And even though we feel, you know, infertility affects all aspects of your lives and it is very consuming. Um, we don't know what's happening in someone else's life. And so like reacting and going down that rabbit hole, it, it, it's only hurting yourself, which is hard though. When you find yourself getting triggered, like getting triggered by seeing, like I'm coaching people being triggered by seeing families because they want, they, they have, they're doing the secondary infertility and they see a family and it's like extremely triggering um, and very painful. But to recognize that, to see and to see how long, I think it's like we're allowed to have a bad day, but does it go on for weeks and months and years? So how, how do you become aware of what's happening? Well, and what you're saying is what, so the, the nerdy, uh, I'm going to give it a financial term here, zero sum game. So when you're looking at numbers and if it go, if the numbers go up here, that means they go down here, which means everything always has to equal out to zero. And that is the underlying problematic belief. And it becomes a money block because of one of fertility's own money blocks, because of this situation, you start to believe if somebody else has a baby, that lowers my chance of having a baby. Like kind of like there's somebody in the sky just throwing down babies and there's only a limited number of them. So every time you see somebody else with one, that triggers you into feeling like now there's less of a chance for me. And that is not true. Yeah, that's there's a story. enough babies to go around. Your vet, even if all, you have eight friends and seven you know, of them are pregnant, that doesn't affect your chances of getting pregnant. It has, they have nothing to do with each other. They are completely independent. And to be aware of that belief that somehow somebody else's pregnancy has anything to do with you, you know, that's where you have to start with the awareness it, that it doesn't affect your chances. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just showing you what matters to you. It's reminding you of what you want so much in your life and that the pain you're feeling, the grief you're feeling is something you can process and that it's possible to still be happy for someone else while you're sad for yourself. Do you think that, um, you know, this anger and jealousy and rage that we are, it, it trans, it, it goes into our own self pity narrative. Like you just said, like, well, if they, if they have that, that means I'm not going to have that anymore. Is it an easy transition for us to build these negative um, stories in our head. So we start protecting ourselves. Yeah. We, we talk about that in our mindfulness groups. Uh, you know, am I having a pity party and, and that people get triggered by that? What do you mean pity party? I'm, I'm allowed, you know, but maybe, maybe you've been down there for, you have been down there for weeks and months. Um, so it, you know, are, are you having a pity party? And, and maybe you feel just, maybe you can, maybe you can have one for a whole day and say, screw this. I'm going under the covers. I'm gonna, you know, binge whatever and 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 feel those emotions and just like go go down there. But I think if you're going down there for weeks and months, it is very very important to get support. Well, I think that people are triggered by it because the way you grow up hearing it. So it's usually you're like crying about something your brother did to you, and then your mom's like, you know, stop having a pity party. And so what it really feels like to me is when somebody is invalidating my feelings. And one of the most powerful realizations 
for me um, was what if there was no such thing as self-pity? What if we just called it grief? What if it was just sadness? What if it was just grieving? Because I feel like with a pity party, it's a, there's a, a layer of judgment for ourselves that we shouldn't be feeling that way or that it's not okay to feel that way or that it's only okay to be sad for other people and not ourselves. It's okay to be sad for yourself. It's healthy um, and you, you have to deal with that because if you call it anything else, then you're not really dealing with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like recognizing how long you're being sad for yourself though, right? So no matter what you call it, you know, yeah, of course. I mean, that's probably, you know, my biggest thing is actually allowing myself to be sad, to feel those emotions because, you know, you've pushed them away for so long or you were told, I was told as a kid, Wendy, the whiner isn't invited. So my subconscious was told your emotions aren't valid. And then I grew up being a bitch. Like, like, like that's just, you know, now I can look at it from like a psychological point of view or a subconscious point of view of how I got to not being a crier and not dealing with my emotions. Um, but yeah, I think what Sarah's trying to say is, you know, recognizing that sometimes your anger or your sadness or whatever those emotions that you, you're pinning yourself down, you know, you're, you're not actually allowing yourself to feel them and move on. You're holding on to them because it's safe for you to hold on to them. It makes you feel better, you know, and allowing yourself to be raged or be mad or jealous um, on a level where you are affecting your fertility health, um, it's just, it's not good. And maybe recognizing like, if you are, you know, not when you're doing treatment, like that shit is hard. Like no one's gonna, like no one's gonna call you out for not, um, being a joyful person while you're on all this medication but maybe in between stages if you find that you are just pissed off all the time or you're super mad or super jealous that that's the time to start looking at yourself and going okay how how do I move through this how do I release these emotions and you know clear up you know my issues and to recognize they're there in the first place because we're in like automatic pilot. We don't even know that we're even, we're like, oh wait, we're being triggered all over the place and we're going through our day and we're like freaking pissed off. We're in, we're in like, I think like we're in traffic. I remember this is for me, like in traffic, so impatient in traffic. This is what, this was early on, but I literally was in traffic and I, I was, why is the person in front of me going so freaking slow? We're at a stoplight and I like literally nudged them like with my freaking front bumper. I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. I was like so, I was just so pissed and in such a hurry. And I'm like, why is everyone, and I know that I'm, when I'm overstressed, if I'm in places where I find everyone's in my way, I'm like, why is everyone walking so slowly? Why is everyone driving so slowly? Why? Then I'm like, oh boy. Oh, Sarah, you, you're, you got some shit going on. You need to go, you need to step back. Like where? your self-care you must have you probably took on too much stuff like so that's that's my trigger other people it could be something else but mine goes into like speed and then blaming others mm -hmm. and um i'm like full reaction not responding and and it, it don't it, otherwise you can be like i remember being in traffic never letting anyone in i would never let anyone in ahead of me fuck you you're not getting in now I'm like waving everybody and go ahead. And I'm like, we're all smiling, laughing. I'd be like, no, you're not getting in. So yeah, I had like just horrible rage for years. 
Right. I thought I was just an asshole, but anyways. And I think you recognize that once you start doing the work. I mean, I have a similar oh, story. I have this bike, is this cargo bike. People in Europe will know what I'm talking about, but I ride it around Hawaii and I get honks out uh, all the time. Sometimes it's like nice and sometimes people are like, you're not a car, get off the road. And so this lady honked at me meanly and I gave her the bird and I was like, oh. I can't believe you just did that. Like you usually give people shakas if they're mean to you, you know, just be like, peace, love, you're in Hawaii, you know, you don't need to go fast. And I flipped her off and like you, I was like, all right, girl, you need to go do some mental work because that was not cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's being self-aware, right? Like if you are being that dick to your husband because you're arguing over what time you won't go shopping, like that's yeah. when you need to start realizing, okay, this is an issue. This is you know, I know the community hates it when it's like, just relax, but there is a, um, a very scientific, you know, realis realization of that we do, we need to really, you know, take a step back and check our, check our mental health and find ways that we can relax in our own heads you know it's not about taking a bubble bath and you know going on vacation it is real work it is hard work because you know we've been doing this for years and we're still giving people the middle finger every once in a while well, yeah, I don't bring they deserve it so yeah there's that <laughs> like I uh I actually have one a visualization at red lights or when I'm behind slow people a, a visualization of money falling from the sky it's one of uh it's one of some of the work that we do is coming up with visualizations about money. And I do that because I am so enraged driving <laughs> And my, well, now my kids have started picking up on, you know, they hear what you say. Yeah. And so I'm like, I sound like literally an enraged sailor while I'm driving. Like it is unreasonable <laughs> what I am calling these people. Like I would never, if my mom heard me, oh my gosh, like, so I, now I have the visualization of money and it gives me a moment and some peace. And then I know it's like a cliche, but literally counting to 10 gives your brain time to respond. So like Sarah was saying, so you're not reacting, you get, you feel the trigger, you're aware of it, how it feels in your body. Some people's chest gets hot. Um, some people's throat gets tight, you know, be aware of the physical symptoms and count to 10 and choose a reaction. Like that is the actual work day in and day out um, to get some mindfulness and to get some more peace in your life because it absolutely affects you at every single level. Yeah, and if you need a timeout, take your timeout and maybe that timeout is in the bathroom like with the door locked and like, I just need my time. Like I had, I had times in my life where my husband's breathing and his chewing drove me crazy. I'm like, why are you breathing so loudly? And how come you're chewing? Like, how, how come you have to chew so loudly? And now I'm like, oh, like talk about like, what, what the hell's wrong with me? I'm some perfect person over here. Uh, but yeah, those like small little things where I'm like, what, you know, and, and there's other stuff going on. There's other shit that I'm not dealing with. I haven't come to terms with whatever it is. I'm frustrated. And usually a lot of mine is like frustrated that something again is not going as quickly as I want it to go. And especially in the fertility journey, that is like like time time is the thing like you're talking about a month where like you know you had to hold things for a month and that was like absolutely heartbreaking and that's that is like you're not alone in that it's like so common well I have experienced rage even though my experience is a little bit different um when it comes to fertility but yeah like I 
I used to be that person that in traffic, like Sarah, um, very impatient. I would just yell at people for no reason. I think after a couple of failed relationships, I started to realize it's probably me. <laughs> it's probably not the other person, but I was like, it's probably me. So I do understand. Um, I absolutely know the type of rage that you're experiencing. And I think too, like one thing that might help is just to think about your liver. Think about what it's doing to your fertility. Like once your liver gets stuck, nothing is going to the ovaries and the uterus, the most important organs, you know, to have a baby. So it might help to think about that. And then all the, you know, definitely in Chinese medicine, when you have liver chi stagnation or liver fire or whatever, you definitely experience physical symptoms, chest tightness, um, headaches, you know, things like uh, digestive issues. So those are all, everything is connected. So, you know, you have to pay attention to that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it, it, it matters and it's frustrating because I think a lot of the times there's so many things, right? It's really overwhelming when you're going through an infertility journey and you know, people are like, change this, change that, do this. And now we're here, like control your rage, you know? And that's like the one thing you've held on to, and you, you know, maybe cherished your rage and your jealousy, but, um, you know, changing it up and just noticing, like you say, Devin, like when you're in the car, like if you are feeling these emotions and I think it's great, like getting a practice where you do something absolutely ridiculous, um, and, you know, laugh at yourself or laugh at the situation, you know, it changes those patterns in your brain. And, you know, it's one of the hardest thing to do, especially when, you know, you're, we're talking, most of us are, you know, late twenties, early thirties, you know, we're getting up to our forties. We have these patterns that have just been drilled into us. And even like for our generation, we were led to believe that you couldn't change it, right? Like you were born the way you were, you couldn't like change your brain, you know, and now we know that you can change, you can grow. And um, so it's really important to, you know, start thinking about these things. Um, I guess maybe put it one more thing on the list of to do's. <laughs> Well, I would say that to be aware of uh, the judgment you place on yourself. So in those moments where you completely overreact, instead of feeling guilty, um, instead of labeling yourself, right, I'm such a bitch, um, how I remember saying, how could I be a jealous friend? Like, I was never jealous. I was not that person. And, uh, you know, how could I be this terrible of a friend? Like, I really judged myself for how terrible I was feeling which only makes it worse, you know? So forgive yourself for whatever has happened and the reactions that you're having, you know, give yourself some grace that you would give your best friend. You're going through a lot right now. It's understandable, you know, to expect yourself to be perfect and respond perfectly on top of everything else is a ridiculous expectation that you need to let go of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, to, yeah, to be curious, not critical, kind of like, oh, shit that's interesting i'm having a meltdown and then in you know in traffic or i'm like picking up my husband for his breathing oh what else is going on under there not not to criticize like ourselves well that judgment yeah giving yourself grace and just um moving forward you know picking yourself up after you know an episode and realizing like okay i'm human i'm normal um and knowing that 
you know, when you go through this infertility journey and then you start changing up things too, it's like a double whammy, right? Like you're still dealing with all these emotions and they're not going to go away, you know? So you are, you know, dealing almost with two things at once. You know, some people um, deal with things afterwards. And if you've chosen to deal with it now, you know, it is going to maybe be a little bit harder, a little bit more of a struggle. But I definitely think, um, you know, maybe Sarah can attest to this. It, it's a better option than having to deal with it after you've had your kids and dealing with all the ramifications of not taking care of your health, not taking care of your mental health. Um, so I think it is, you know, um, really important just to be self-aware, right? Like that's like the first step of any kind of big change is being aware of who you are, what your triggers are, and maybe the little steps that you can do to change it up. Well, yeah, you might as well, because now it's, it's shitty anyways. So why not go all in? You know, this sucks. You might as well go, you know, talk to your counselor or go to your coach and like work through this shit right now. Just call it, you know, the shittiest year ever. Come to terms with it. Deal with all of this now. So it doesn't drag out, you know, this, it provides a lot of opportunity to see what's going wrong. Like just what Sarah said, be curious. Why do I feel like I want to, you know, why am I th so throat punchy today? <laughs> what, what else was it? You know, that you start seeing connections and patterns. Why do I believe this? Uh, why am I so pissed at my husband? I remember when he, um, he biggie sized his soft drink when I, he went to go get us food. And I was like, you motherfucker. You know we are trying to save money right now for treatment. And you paid a dollar more for that soda when you could have had water at home. Enraged. Like, <laughs> what what else is going on, little Devin? Like, <laughs> please tell me. Like, you know, obviously it's not about your large sprite. Like, the, you know, that's that stuff still kind of irritates me, but like there's opportunity for growth here. So everything that isn't working in your life is now brought to the surface. And it is saying, here I am, deal with me. And now is the perfect time to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And it might not seem like it, but you, you have the time, right? This is, if we look at infertility as a time game, you know, using your time wisely to improve yourself and become a better version of yourself is going to be a win-win for everyone in your life, for you and the people around you and eventually your future children. Yeah, taking so the time now for that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Taking oh. the time now for preconception health. So not like me, you're not dealing with the postpartum rage. Other people obviously postpartum depression and then your kid's health, your health. I, I like this from, from Elizabeth Manning. She talks about mothering yourself now, like really taking the time to, you know, what is, what is this journey? And it's hard to get lessons when you're in this thinking journey, but what is it trying to tell you and how do you slow down and how do you really listen to what feels right for you? Yeah, definitely. And I don't even think you necessarily need to know what the journey is trying to teach you. You just kind of like embrace the, the change that can come from the journey. Because I don't know if you can ever, you got to look back and see it, right? Sometimes I just don't ever think you're in a shit situation and go, oh yeah, this is teaching me patience. Fuck yeah, loving it. You know, like you just wouldn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> But I think on that note, we're going to end for today. Um, thank you so much for joining me, ladies. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode on infertility rage and how maybe you can start noticing your own and how you can change it up a little and how it will improve your overall fertility health. Um, have a beautiful weekend. And until next week, we'll see you later. A few more things before you go. 
You can find all the links to anything talked about on this podcast, especially how to connect with our special guest. While you're down there, make sure you leave us a rating or a review. It would totally help this podcast out. If you would like to connect with me more, head over to the website. It's mymindfulme.com. There's a free membership over on the website where you can connect with like-minded people and really push your journey forward. We also have all the videos that I do up there for you and uh, the newsletter goes out about two, three times a month. And we also have pre-registration for the Fertility Reconnect course. It's a six-week course to help you really dial in what's going on in your body, what foods you can and cannot eat, and we're going to dig deep into the mental blocks you're having and how it could be affecting your fertility health. So that's it. Thank you once again for joining us on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.